0: I'm Emma and I'm Maddie and this is the content creators podcast our mission is to inspire creatives to discover grow and own their brand today we're going to be sharing 12 skills that content creators and influencers use on a daily weekly and monthly basis this podcast episode was inspired by the influencer myth that being influencer is quote-unquote not a real job boo We want to debunk (laughs) this myth and share all the different business functions that influencers and content creators do. Before we get started, let's do our question of the day. And the question of the day is, what's been your favorite photo shoot of 2021 so far?
1: I just cringe. This
0: is hard. Especially since I feel like we were (sighs) really productive with Valentine's Day. I know. And you've had some like, you know, cool indoor ones you've already taken.
1: Thanks, friend. Um, I you go like, first yeah I
0: think, that when I think we've done so far I really loved um how the red envelopes turned out yeah that was really cute that was
1: mm-hmm. my
0: ones. and then also like a really I think tied with that I just like loved all the bo- like
1: the balloon birthday that was beautiful um, mm-hmm. just, like, I couldn't believe how like I saw you posted a bunch of them. I loved it. You Mm -hmm. used it, like, for real. It's like, I'm using all this content. I have to post everything, so. Those were really good. I think mine is kind of tied between, I mean, gosh, I I love all of them for different reasons. Like, I feel like the photo shoots are our babies because we spend so much time planning them, and then we spend so much time on the props. And, like, I mean, I'm just so excited for all the stuff that we've planned that my head's kind of there. I mean, we just spent the last however long talking about it. but. Gosh, I'd say actually one that I'm really excited about. I used my fractals for the first time. I showed you those. Um, I haven't posted any yet, but by the time this episode goes live, they'll probably have already been posted. Um, but I used my fractals that I bought and uh, I actually collaborated with a small business, um, Simply Made Designs. She's fantastic. She sent me some, um, she sent me some earrings and I, uh, just took some pictures with them and I used my fractals because they seemed kind of plain and I wanted to do something to mix it up. So I thought that was like cool. I liked using a new technique. Also loved doing snow photos in the dress that we bought together because well, it snowed for like one weekend and then it all went away, like within literally less than seven days. So <laughs> I did a uh I did a photo shoot in the snow that I thought was really fun. Um, the Valentine's day ones are all on their own. I loved all. I honestly, I just loved how it all came together. I feel like I can't pick a favorite Valentine's one. I just loved how that came together. I loved how my feed looked like, I cannot tell you how much joy a beautiful cohesive fade brings me. And they were so pretty. I just, I think I loved all the. them. Val- I can't pick a favorite. They're all my babies. All of them. I'm sorry. That was a terrible answer.
0: fine. <laughs> All right, you guys will have to let us know what your favorite photo shoot of 2021 has been um, on the podcast Facebook group or on Instagram. We would love to hear if you've taken any creative photo shoots or visited somewhere new, maybe like a local town or city nearby, and taken pics. But yeah,
1: that's the question of the day. Let's get started. So we are curious, have you guys ever heard people saying that being an influencer or content creator isn't a real job? Because we sure have. Many a time. And let me tell you, this is one of my biggest pet peeves. I literally posted a video talking about like how much I charge per Instagram video on TikTok or whatever. Obviously, had a lot of rude people commenting. Wasn't that surprising? But this one guy was like, Instagram's going to die soon. You're going to have to get a real job. And I was like, first of all, sir, even if I didn't have Instagram or a content creator, I do. I have a nine to five. First of all, sir. And second of all, this is a real job. Like, it, it is the bane of my existence. (laughs) I literally get so upset. And like, we also do want to remind you guys, it, you should never let another person's opinion of what a real job is, keep you from pursuing your dreams. I mean, we have so much to stand on now, right. To say like, because we've been doing this for years. Now we have all these things that we're going to speak to you about today, about how we, we know this is a real job. But when we first started, I mean, I don't know about you. I got a ton of people being like, Oh, like I I just felt like people were, you know, kind of talking behind my back being like, Oh, she thinks she's an influencer. Oh. So like, I literally had people ask me, Oh, so you just like get to take pictures and people give you money. What? That's so easy. Mm -hmm. And even stuff that's meant to be compliments like that are super backhanded. (laughs) I'm just like, I get that you're trying to be nice, but, and I would, I would even downplay myself. I would be like, yeah, like I just take a picture and they give me money. It's awesome. Like, because I just, I felt like I couldn't defend myself. Mm -hmm. So I, I, for the longest time, just let people do that to me. And it doesn't But no matter that, we still kept doing it, even though people kept downplaying it. People kept saying those things. We knew we loved it. So we kept at it. So never let people like that keep you from doing what you love. And like, I honestly, I think about my side hustle and I think about my nine to five. Legitimately, you guys, like I love my nine to five. I love my company. And I work so hard. But there are so many different hats that I wear as a content creator. My nine to five is hard, yes, but I log off. And I honestly, some weeks work more than 40 hours a week on my side hustle alone because there is so much more that goes into it. And like, if I wanted, like, there are some weeks that I really don't show up the way that I want to, because I simply do not have the hours because it is so, it's so time consuming. There's so much that goes into it because it's a real job. There's so many hats that we wear. I was just telling Emma before we hopped on the zoom meeting, like I, when I first started, like Content creator. So basically, my nine to five, we talked about this before, I do sales. And when I work as a content creator, I do sales. And then I also do all these other things that we're going to talk about. And when I, in my corporate job, that's it, I I have sales Mm -hmm. and people pay me a full time salary to do that because it is a full time job. So there's a lot of different hats that you have that you're wearing when they overlap. for instance, like as a content creator, like I am having to deal with brands, like reaching out to me like on weekends and expecting content on weekends. So I'm not really getting to take as much time for myself where I'm very fortunate in my corporate job now. In my very first corporate job, there wasn't as much of a work-life balance. So I didn't get to just log off on weekends and say, no, I'm done here. But in my nine to five, like, like I log out when I'm done. What I used to do, I would literally be like, all right, I'm yeah. done. I'm not looking at this till Monday morning. Exactly. Very clear cut boundaries. Whereas being a content creator, brands are going to email you at all hours of the night. They're going to email you on weekends and you're expected to create and deliver content in such quick turnaround times. Like you're never off the clock. You're also having to, even if you're not working with brands, you're having to engage, you're having to post on Instagram. You're having to, I mean, deal with like, I mean, Emma and I just realized that Easter's in a month, yeah. Like, it, the, like dealing with things like that, like there's always so much to think of and there's so many things to balance that like, when I think about that in my nine to five, the reason that people break out jobs by like certain, like, business yeah, business functions is because that is what helps like, cause they are full-time jobs. I don't know. I've, I think I'm repeating myself um, at this point. Like, I just really wanted to hit that home <laughs> and
0: Great. So now I'm coming from the experience of being a full-time content creator for the last six months. And I can honestly say it's one of my most favorite jobs I've ever had. And, you know, I get to do, um, because one, I get to combine my creative talent and business passions. I literally get to apply what I learned in corporate America into my creative career. But like, I want to be real with you guys. Like, I feel like I work longer hours as a content creator because of just what Maddie said, right? Like wearing so many different hats, like looking at the account management piece, like planning the content, curating the content. And so we hope that like this conversation today of just sharing the different skills you do as a content creator helps you see that like you are a legitimate, like this is a real job, right? Another thing I just wanted to like bring up like, you know, but i actually got a great comment on instagram where someone was like if you're making money off of this this is a real job and for me like last year i couldn't believe i like replaced my aerospace salary of $90,000 with content creation like i brought in six figures for the first time as a content creator so i know what i do is a real career mm-hmm. it was a real career in 2019 when i made 40,000 it was real in 2018 when i made 10 and it was real in 2017 when i just was breaking even right like
1: I cannot, I don't want to invalidate my experience. Like, yeah, it, literally, if you, I love that comment, if you are getting paid, it is a real job. Like people tell aspiring actors, right? That's not a real job. Like, it, I mean, we were just yeah. talking about the trend on TikTok that was started by an aspiring actor who was sick and tired of explaining to people. That's actually funny. I didn't even realize how that tied in. He was literally talking about, I mean, you guys have probably seen the I'm an accountant song on TikTok. If you haven't looked it up, it's hilarious. But he basically talks about how he was sick and tired of telling people that like auditioning for roles is a full-time job. So he just started telling people he's an accountant because he was done with it. He, he was sick and tired of the questions and now it's turned into this really funny trend. But I mean, there's a lot of people that will tell actors that. And then you look at some of the richest people in this country and they are actors and they like, it is a full time. You need a manager because of the amount of things that you need. I wouldn't need a manager if I, you know, if it wasn't a real job, like there if you're getting paid, it's a real job. Yeah. So this is for anyone who has been told
0: that being an influencer or content creator isn't a real job. We really hope that this episode
1: helps you see the skills you exercise every day, every week as a content creator. (laughs) So let's debunk this myth, being an influencer isn't a real job. And let's break down the skills that content creators and influencers use in their careers, On a freaking, if not daily, weekly basis. So skill number one that we're going to jump into. And I think this is the most straightforward, right? The thing that a lot of people see is photography and photo editing. And a lot of content creators take and edit their own photos. Photography is a skill. Photo editing is a skill both skills take time to develop. I started taking photos. Well, I'd say taking photos seriously, like with a camera camera. And I shouldn't say iPhones like are not, because I think a lot of people have like really done some great iPhone photography, but I started taking photos with a DSLR in 2012. Mm-hmm. So oh gosh. it's been a minute. Oh, wow. Um, I have been taking, if you go onto one of my recent blog posts, I actually did like a journey of how like my photos have changed over time. And I used to do a lot more self-portrait things. And now I'm very fortunate to have Sam to take those pictures for me, but I've literally been taking pictures since 2012, editing pictures since 2012. I remember my pre- uh, pre Lightroom days or even pre Photoshop days where I was editing in this, uh, it was like basically before iPhones were a thing. It was called, well, before I had one, at least uh, it's called pick monkey. And it? yeah, it's like, it's, it's, honestly a really great editing tool, but like, that was like all I used. And I used the super intense filters, very similar to, you know, like the Instagram really intense filters that they have, but that I went from that to years of practicing. I took classes uh, like in both college and high school, um, as a photo editor, like I literally have been practicing for years. I've been practicing on different skin tones with my family, with my, uh, like I, I guess clients, I basically did like, uh, senior portrait photography for a little bit. I've photographed weddings, which that is the most nerve wracking thing. I will never be a wedding photographer. It's literally the person's like biggest day in their life. And I'm like, I don't, I don't trust myself to get, I'm like, I trust myself as a photographer, but it just makes me nervous. But I mean, I've been doing this since 2012 and it took me years to get the skills that I have now. And I am still constantly flexing those muscles brands, hire influencers to create high quality photos, for social media ads. Both of us have had brands repurpose our photos for websites, email marketing, or paid dollars behind our images to boost ads. I literally had someone comment on that TikTok that I mentioned earlier that I made, where he basically said, he was like, well, if you were a brand, would you pay $2,000 for an ad? And I said, yes, of course, here's all the reasons why, basically what we're gonna talk about today. And then he says, okay, well, like sure, and I compared it to a traditional marketing where they would spend the same amount of money for a newspaper ad, right? And he's like, well, yeah, but then they get to repurpose that picture in the ad. So even though, yeah, they spent the same amount, then they have that picture to use in advertisements and like put it in all sorts of media platforms. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yes, they,
0: That's exactly
1: how this works. I was like, they, they do that for so my pictures. Usage into- yeah, <laughs> I was like, they literally do that with mine too. Like I've I've been in advertisements- I've been on websites. I have been like, literally I've, my ads have been boosted and my content gets shown across all sorts of social media platforms. So, I mean, our images are seen as quality and brands look for that. When they look for a content creator to collaborate with, they look for someone where they can repurpose that content that matches. That's why they look for someone that matches the brands marketing and advertising style, because they want to repurpose it. If they're paying a content creator X amount of money, if they have the ability to, they want to be able to reuse those photos. Like I won't go too deep into this, but I think the Coley like, uh, is a great example. If you look up the Coley T3 micro, um, case study that they did, they worked with nano influencers and saved half a million dollars, half a million dollars on producing photo images by working with nano influencers. And I'm not going to get into this. Emma knows how hated mm-hmm. I am about it. I think that's gross that they're bragging about that, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, cause they're using nano influencers, but th- I think that just proves right. They got out of nano influencers, people who have under 10,000 followers over like a little less than half a million dollars worth of content in the course of a few months. And there are content creators out there who've actually been hired by brands to do commercial photography. And that's it. Some people literally get hired to do, to create the content and not even post it. I've had brands reach out about yeah, that I'm
0: literally on a project right now where I'm just making a 30 second reel. And mm-hmm. I've seen like big travel content creators hired by REI, Puma, and North Face to produce commercial photography. So that's just like the, literally guys, like the first two skills we're, we're sharing, photography and photo editing, critical skills where stand alone, if you wanted to, that could just be your own career, right? People,
1: I mean, everyone knows a photographer <laughs> in their life, I feel like. Yeah.
0: So skill number two that we wanted to share is project management. So I I worked in project management a few years um, in my previous aerospace career. And so I really lean into those previous jobs in my current life. And so if brands don't provide a timeline, I am the one who provide the timelines as well as share status updates on what stuff we're at in the brand collaboration. And again, as a former project manager and current content creator, I'm constantly prioritizing, deprioritizing tasks, planning and scheduling content. Again, you guys, like just the project management aspect, that was my full-time job in a previous life. Yeah. Just to manage the project from start to finish. And again, as a content creator full-time now, like I'm the project manager. I'm also, all these other things we're about to describe to you. So project management, huge skill if you're a content creator. And I know at least for me, like my feedback I've gotten from brands being able to come with that experience and like incorporate that with your campaigns. I mean, I've literally had brands be like, I've never seen anybody yeah. approach this way. I can't believe you do. And and then I think that's part of the reason why I can like help negotiate like higher rates. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm managing it for you. Yeah. You don't even need to like you don't need to do anything. I'm literally managing the I project. Laid out the whole timeline. This is when you're expecting everything. You're going to get it on time. And yeah. then,
1: So anyways, I, and that, that's a really great practice too, to start implementing. I started, um, within the last like two years saying like, this is when I'm taking the photos. This is when you can expect them. Like I just do that. I say, I have a photo shoot plan for this weekend. You can expect the photos next week. And like, it is so helpful for bridges to have like an expectation. And it's also helpful for you. So you're not having to get right. Well, and like I also don't like brands will like some brands, it depends, right? Like sometimes they'll follow up and say, like, hey, just wondering when we can expect the content. If you jump ahead of it and just let them know you can expect it at this time, it just makes it easier for them and for you. So you're not receiving those emails. Like they already know when they can expect it from you. And I mean, how like speaking on the project management side, how many times have we brought up Trello?
0: Yeah.
1: How many times have we brought up Trello? How many times have we brought up our Google calendars? That we use to balance, like it. Literally, we are using these tools to manage these projects that we're working on. Like myself and Regan, my manager, she and I share a tre- Trello board for each of the collaborations that we're working on. We keep all the contracts in there. We keep the timelines in there. We have deliverables in there. We have like when things are due, when they've been submitted, when analytics are due. All of it's in there, and that's all project management. Yeah, and again, we
0: could do a whole podcast episode on this. A brand collaboration is a project. A project has a life cycle. Okay. There's literally acquiring and then like, it, it's just like, I, I need to like lay it out. Yeah. The podcast episode on, but we can go on the next scale.
1: Well, and I will add, that's why I've recommended a few times streak this mm-hmm. personal CRM because that's literally a project management tool. Again, it's literally you like when you're in the pitch stage, you can put them in the pitch box. When you've landed the collaboration, you can put them in that box. Or if they say no, like you can put them in a Q1 box, like Q1 follow-up box. Like literally there are different stages of a collaboration that you get to drop those things in and then you get to take notes. And like, that's why CRMs I think are so like helpful as a content creator. I don't need one. Well, I, I think I could still use one, but I don't really use it as much anymore with Regan. But again, we could totally do a full episode about that. And I think that'd be super helpful. If you guys would be interested to see, let us know in the Facebook group. But <laughs> number three is we are creative directors and stylists For photo shoots. One thing that you've been seeing more from us this year is our mood boards and our ideation process for photo shoots. Like we're starting to share that now because I think for Emma and I, one big thing that we've talked about is transparency. And we really are trying to be more transparent with our audience. Emma has always done a fantastic job of that, sharing what she makes, being completely transparent about all these things. And like we want to share with you guys what the process looks like. And what you guys are seeing is literally the creative direction behind our photo shoots. If you go on right now, it's only on my profile, because we're trying to figure out how to save them and get them to Emma's. Um, But we are posting IGTVs, ideating photo shoot ideas for major holidays. So right now we have Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day up Mm -hmm. and influencers and content creators are both creative directors and stylists (laughs) for photo shoots. If a brand is putting together a photo shoot, there is usually someone who is the creative director managing overall vision. There's someone styling the shoot separately, whether that be wardrobe or the actual set itself. Like we do all of that. We literally, before this call, we're talking about, since we realized Easter is only a month away, we luckily I brought all the props already, but we're curating these props. I'm literally going to target and I'm looking and I'm trying to think of how this would fit into a photo shoot concept and determining whether or not it's something that's going to be worth my money because how, how much use am I going to be able to get out of it? Are the colors right? And then we buy wardrobe, like Rent the Runway is a great example where we go on Rent the Runway and we're kind of browsing through and seeing what outfits are going to fit the best with the kind of content that we're looking to create. Like, we are looking through all of these things. And then that is after we have ideated the process. And we talked about this on our St. Patrick's day one, where we create, we pin the ideas that we like, we then move it into a Google slides where we break out the themes of the different photo shoot ideas. And then after that, after we've decided our favorites from those mood boards, that's when we move to like figure out what wardrobe and props are going to help bring that to life. So yeah, if you want to see examples of the styled photo shoots, definitely recommend checking out our Valentine's day photo shoot ideas. Did tea party for two red balloons, backdrop balloons in bed where I build a little balloon prop. We also wrote blog posts on, um, how we created like some of the major props for valentine's day too but those are on both of our channels whether it be blog instagram i'm pretty sure they're everywhere
0: (laughs) all right you guys so skill number four of what content creators and influencers do daily weekly monthly basis writing and editing we write and edit blog posts social copy for daily instagram posts podcast outlines and clubhouse outlines every week for me personally, I would say writing and edi- editing alone takes about 25 to 20% of my time. And as a content creator, I also know I can't be copying and pasting every caption across every platform. I actually think Gary Vandercheck does a really good job explaining this. A good marketer and therefore a good <laughs> influencer knows that you need to adjust the content on each platform yeah we literally cannot copy and paste the caption from instagram to tiktok no or
1: from instagram to twitter it's not going to resonate it's not
0: going to resonate and also there's a character limit right so what you say on linkedin won't be the same exact copy on instagram because one it's a different community you might have some overlap right but the tone how you deliver Mm -hmm. the message it's just it's just different
1: Like, literally, on whatever I post, like, a TikTok video, like, I use, like, the TikTok lingo. I'm, like, like, I I don't even know. It's a little different. Yeah. Our audience, our our
0: audiences are different on TikTok. Yeah. I would just, I know
1: that. Well, and with TikTok, you kind of have to, like, be almost, like, leading, like, making them want to, like, wait till the end to watch it, because you're, like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe I did that, and then people are looking out for that thing that you did, so they watch the full video kind of thing.
0: And, again, you guys in marketing teams, there's people's full-time jobs just to be copywriters. Literally. And full-time jobs just being editors, because it's a major, major skill. And I would say, actually, like, and again, not everyone needs a blog right? writing. is not, like, your main thing. Like, don't don't start blog. <laughs> no, For, you're still writing captions. Still writing captions. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that like, I've been able to like neg- negotiate higher paid campaigns when I bring in blog posts. And when I show examples of previous ones, like brands being able to see, oh, you can take our brand, incorporate like the campaign messaging into like a real life story or how it fits. Like that's a skill. Yeah. So again, like don't sell your, so, don't sell your, so, oh my gosh. Don't sell yourself short. I don't know why that's a tempester. Um, <laughs>
1: especially if you are writing and editing on a daily, weekly basis. And then skill number five is content curating. So content curation is a skill, not content creation, content curation. Yeah. Like there are people who work for Barstool Sports, Shithead Steve, and like other funny meme accounts where you see like their full-time job is literally curating the content. Literally just
0: sorting through videos.
1: Yeah, like having an eye for what's funny, what's engaging, what's eye-catching or jarring is a skill. People's full-time jobs are literally just to discover, gather and present digital content. As content creators, we not only produce the content, but we also curate it. We have to be able to determine what's relevant for our audience. And we also organize it and publish it when we think it makes sense. I don't,
0: again, uh, if you are planning a theme, ahead of time you are curating content literally and you may not think oh not only i mean maybe some people it takes five minutes yeah i actually spend quite a bit of time i
1: spend forever (laughs) yeah
0: what makes sense for my feed what makes sense for tiktok you're curating you're organizing you're thinking about how is this relevant to my audience and is it timely we talked about in one of our previous episodes you probably can't be posting valentine's day content in april no that doesn't it doesn't resonate, but like come January, mid January, you're starting to curate or, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And so, um, yeah, we just wanted to call that out because people just think content creator, but you're also a curator. And
1: we're literally like, we're talking about like Emma and I are talking about the timeline of posting our St. Patrick's. Like we talked about when the best time was going to be to do our St. Patrick's day Instagram live and then to do our St. Patrick's Day clubhouse like we are being very intentional with the time of when we're posting these things because we realize we're giving people ideas right So like we had this really great discussion where Emily, oh gosh, what's her Hello Emily Aaron? Yes. Um, she made this great point where we did our Valentine's day one, two weeks before, cause Emma and I curate our stuff about a month before. And so from our understanding, we didn't know, we thought like some people, like we thought that might be early. Cause like we had heard some people, you know, in our comments saying, oh my God, I haven't even started yet, but we got the feedback that we actually, like, there were a lot of people planning these a month and a half, uh, a month in advance. So we start doing these kind of discussions A month in advance, you know, like it's a lot of pivoting, it's a lot of learning. That skill alone is a full time job. And you will hear that for each of these skills.
0: (laughs) All right. So, skill number six is community management. So, besides producing original photos, audio, videos, and written copy, I probably spend at least one or two hours a day engaging with my community. And that can look like answering questions on DMs, calling back to comments, and always providing value. Engaging with my community could also look like a clubhouse room. I mean, we do that twice a week. Yeah. Or even replying back to Instagram stories and Facebook group questions. So content creators, again, you're not just curating, you're not just creating, you're also a community manager. And again, brands literally have people on social teams just to do community management. Community managers on Twitter could look like responding to tweets, referring people to customer service and resharing relevant content. Again, you guys, like, I remember hearing this. Um, I think, again, it was another, like, Gary Vee podcast where early on they would have community managers for brands for Twitter, like, people's full-time jobs to cultivate the community, build a relationship, mm-hmm. reshare, you know, user-generated content. Like,
1: your we do that. Yeah. That's what, what we do. Well, and Twitter is a great example, and I'm super glad you brought that up because, like if, even if you look at target, right. I think target, I think it might be target there. I know there's a ton of brands that do this, but it's like, if you voice a grievance on Twitter or something, a lot of brands they'll respond and they'll put their name.
0: Yes.
1: And there's so many different people managing their content. So then they know like who to refer back to who you're talking to. It makes it seem like a real person. Cause it is, but like, it gives you like that personal feel. They're literally managing that relationship. And yes, like on a, you know, a brand side, that's huge, like a huge brand like that. Sure. Like they're going to get a lot more comments that they're going to need community management for, but you would be very surprised at the amount of content that we actually like manage within our community, like questions on our, like on our, uh, actual Instagram photos, questions in our DMS, like constantly getting questions in our DMS, you know, and like, we're very happy to like manage and like work. Like we want to talk to people and that's, you know, like we love hearing from people, but it, it is very time consuming. And like, even our Facebook group, like managing, like commenting, like back and communicating with people that's community management. Yes. Like, literally
0: (laughs) you guys look at larger bloggers and creators who have launched courses and masterminds and have these facebook groups and they have moderators just for their facebook group yeah that is community management yeah so if you're looking for like a more tangible example. That's what I would
1: give. The moderator is a really great example because like literally they will like comment back and they'll engage with the audience because it is hard. Like if, when you're getting a certain amount of questions or a certain amount of like comments that you're needing to kind of respond to or answer, it's super difficult to do that on your own. And then skill number seven is account management. So if you're an influencer who works with brands, you are... Li- literally in the client service industry, you have entered into that realm. You are the primary contact for brand partners, public relation contacts and influencer marketing agency contacts. You manage the relationship as well as create the content. You're the one responding to brands, reading through contracts, agreeing to timelines, ensuring your brand partners have what they need for campaigns. You are literally like going back and forth and ensuring that everything that you need for this collaboration to come to life has been provided. And you are communicating that with their point of contact.
0: Yeah. And I never want to undersell that because again, like now that I'm doing this full time and like, I have the capacity to take on more brand partnerships. I realized I was like, I spent quite a bit of time just managing the relationship. Yeah. And it's important. I do want like good healthy relationships with my brands. I want, want them to know I'm dependable and I understand what they need. But like, again, like,
1: again, on teams, there's people who just do account management. Yeah. Well, and my, one of my best friends is actually, she just, she, well, not recently, I guess, but for the first few years out of college, she was an account manager and it, that job is so hard. It is so hard, especially like depending on the amount of accounts that you're managing, like You have to stay on top of all these people who have all these sorts of questions. You have to make sure that you're answering them in a timely manner. You're having to make sure that you're providing them what they need and, like, making sure that again, like, that you provide well enough service that they want to come back and work with you in the future because this is literally determining your future income. Like, my friend kicked butt at that job. I knew she would. Hey, Hallie. (laughs) Um, but she literally like it, it's a hard job. And she and I would talk about this all the time. It is a difficult job, account management. And luckily like with content creators, like hopefully you're able to build like these really strong partnerships with these brands, but it's, it's a lot of work.
0: Um, okay. So skill number eight is content strategy. Um, this is something I'm specifically really passionate about. So as a content creator, I analyze how my content across my channels perform constantly and I'm constantly adjusting my content strategy adjusting my content strategy to make sure I'm creating content that's in line with my mission statement and meets my audience needs. So this includes looking at my blog, our podcast, and Instagram metrics, and identifying both qualitatively and quantitatively why our top performing content is working. So great content creators and influencers have their content plan and strategies laid out. They can say who they are, what their mission statement is. They understand their audience's needs. They know where their audience resides, like where they live, right? And they also understand their content pillars that leads to building engaged communities. So content strategy for me became super, super important while I was in grad school. 2018, in the middle of my UX psychology class, like psychology to design better websites. And I was sitting there and I was like, oh my God, I should be applying everything into content creation Mm -hmm. and that's literally what works and so we just if you ever hear another creator who says I'm not growing it's not working chances are it probably has to do with their content strategy yeah it's there's misalignment on brand clarity who they are is not actually being reflected in the content they're creating or there's a disconnect with their audience or they're not even thinking about their audience yeah so Content strategy. I would not, again, would not undervalue. I would not downplay it. Like it is a key part in being able to execute content consistently and build an engaged community.
1: Yeah. I mean, content strategy is freaking hard. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, and it's hard to stay to those pillars. Like sometimes, especially like people ask me all the time, they're like, but I just want to talk about my morning toast that I made, you know, stuff like that. And it like, it's a really hard belt and you kind of have to do a gut check and it takes years, honestly. (laughs)
0: 2018 is when I literally solidified
1: my content planning strategy. And even then, like when you have everything solidified, like determining like some things where you have an idea, like you just, it gets to a certain point where you do understand your audience and it comes naturally, but you have to practice that. Like once you have your like pillars built out, you have to continually practice it to understand like what your audience is or like who your audience is, what they want. And it takes time. And then content creators are also social media consultants. So as influencers and content creators, we stay on top or ahead of trends in new platforms. We test a new Instagram feature or like, you know, when reels came, we knew we had to hop on that or apps like clubhouse. Like the second I heard about it from Emma, like we started the next week, Mm -hmm. we started getting on clubhouse and we look on how people are engaging with platforms. We can also tell brands what we think will and won't work for brand campaigns. Like I've literally had brands reach out and just say like, oh, like, can you do this? And I'll literally come back and I'll say, well, this typically performs best with my audience. Here's what my audience is normally looking for. And they love that. They're like, we love that. You know, your audience and you know, whether you're doing a podcast episode or chatting in a clubhouse room, we are constantly consulting and presiding, like providing insight and expertise. Like even in our DMS, even in our Facebook group, we're constantly providing this insight to be, cause that's what we love doing. It's part of the job Guys, <laughs>
0: companies whether it's small, mid-sized, or large corporations, hire companies for social media consulting. Yep. Fortune 50 companies will bring in social media consulting companies so they can figure out community management. They can figure out how to tell the brand story and connect with specific groups of people, Mm -hmm. regionally or demographically. So, uh, again, we've talked about this, but, like, we could be working at agencies yeah like, we could be at pure agencies we could be great direct like we literally could apply all these skills and like the consulting piece I've I've been pinged multiple times like would you ever do this like first all, yeah and I'm like oh my gosh I mean maybe but I don't know I'm just like not very I would yeah. just make you a course and then teach you like through the, co- through yeah. the course this is how you build an engaged audience with co- your content and strategy you know like so you can apply it but Anyways, okay. We'll get to skill number ten, which
1: <laughs> is we're very passionate about all of these.
0: <laughs> skill number ten is negotiating. So, negotiating is a skill, and it is a practice and learned skill. Maybe there's some people out there who come out the gate and just know how to negotiate. That was not my experience. I
1: feel like the, I feel like everyone needs to learn. I don't know. Like I guess like you can. I really think it's a, I don't mm-hmm. I don't think that's something you can just I mean you can be like a natural salesperson but I do think you there's a lot of skills that you need yeah to develop in order to negotiate be successful. To be
0: mm-hmm. So as content creators and influencers we need to know what you can negotiate how to set up the conversation to negotiate, how to ask for money to increase the initial amount offered for the campaign and more. So personally don't have a manager and agency yet who negotiates and kind of manages that brand collaborations. I manage and negotiate every brand com- opportunity that comes along. It's one of my most important skills. And like, as an example, right? Like this past month, well, I guess was it, it'll be, yeah, it'll be past month. I turned down a fifteen hundred dollar campaign, but then I also negotiated a two thousand dollar campaign into a five thousand mm-hmm. dollar. So part of it is like you are, as the account manager, like and the salesperson. I'd say like you're looking for those opportunities, and you're looking for opportunities that like make sense. Yeah, and being able to like being into your negotiating skills and like being com- I was confident. I was like, I'm going to turn down this fifteen hundred dollar campaign, but I'm going to make this other one I'm currently
1: negotiating. I'm going to make this. I mean, it's just going to cover it. Yeah. Well, and when I tell people that like being a content creator is literally just like being in sales, I'm not saying that because I'm not, it's not because I'm selling a product. It's not because I am like, like it's not, I'm not thinking of it in terms of like affiliate partnership kind of things, right. Where I'm making a percentage of commission off different things that I'm selling me personally, when I say it's like sales, that is not what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about when I'm pitching to brands and when I'm negotiating with brands, that is quite literally everything that I have learned in my sales career. I didn't just like, I went to college for sales. I took a sales practicum at the university of Washington and I got a sales certificate. Like I took classes on these things. I did internships, like literally sales, like spin selling is this really great book. I can't remember who it was written by, but like my manager, I was talking to her about her email, like her emails that she sends to pitch for me. Cause I've, I've mentioned this a few times. The reason I kind of outsource this part is because I negotiate in my nine to five. So it's really not something that I want to bring outside of that, like for now, at least. And we literally talked about how her pitch literally is spin selling. Like it literally walks through all the stages of spin selling. And I highly recommend at least just looking up spin selling and what each of the letters stands for. Cause I think that's a really great starting point for understanding it, but really there's so much that goes into negotiating with a brand negotiating, like even just a collaboration, let alone an upsell. And Emma's course is a really great resource for that too. Like you guys, again, I cannot praise this. You guys, it's so helpful. Like, well, you know, it is, it's so helpful. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, if
0: you feel lost, right? Like you can bucket negotiations that's what i did at least when you start when i started outlining course turning a gifted brand collaboration into a paid one what can you actually how do you craft that conversation so you can do that yeah asking for more money Uh, it sounds so scary but if you just look just it's in the course so if you just like look at the templates and you're like oh my god i could be doing this is what i should have done the whole
1: time Mm -hmm. so anyways recommend
0: it it's on my link tree on Instagram
1: if you want to look at it. <laughs> Check out the course. And again, literally, I in sales, it's negotiation. And I literally do that for my nine to five. I can confirm that is legitimately a full-time job. That is what I do. It's hard. I spend the whole nine to five, like it's hard work, but it is a full-time job. And number, uh, skill number 11 is SEO or search engine optimization. So if you guys have a blog or website, SEO is absolutely critical to driving website traffic. Even on Instagram, there are ways that you can enter certain like key search terms. Um, a lot of people are talking about this on TikTok actually, and I forget exactly how you do it, but to your Instagram picture, you can and enter key search words. It's how you write it in the caption. Right? No, th- there's um, like a separate thing. Like it it was originally intended for um, people who are blind because they're not able to. to... Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: You be doing this for your images on your web. Yeah, we can get
1: into it. Yeah. Go it's ahead. like a, this is again, whole other episode, <laughs> right? Like the, I think each of these could easily be their own episode, but I think it's important that we chat about all these together because really, like. If anyone ever tries to tell you being a content creator is not a real job, A, don't listen to them. They don't matter. But B, just send them this episode. (laughs) Then you're fine. But yeah, anyway, like there's like even on Instagram, there are ways to optimize search. And search engine optimization is basically the process of maximizing the number of visitors to a website through organic search engine results. There are people on marketing teams whose full time job is quite literally. SEO. Like there's literally like I can't remember like there's different jobs where it's like SEO. Oh gosh, I can't remember the title, but I've seen them before on LinkedIn. Like to boil it down to the simplest terms, you want to rank higher on the Google homepage so people see your website. SEO can get super mechanical. It combines both having an SEO-friendly website and understanding how to optimize your content for search. There are so many mechanics that go into optimizing your platforms for search engines, yes. like, <laughs> again, multiple podcast episodes on this.
0: So just like a little behind the scenes, right? So on my blog, Amazon edition, I drive about 50,000 monthly page views. 75% of my blog traffic comes from organic Google search. That doesn't happen overnight. It's no. taken me years to figure out SEO. And like, luckily one of my master's program, um, which was in digital media, We literally had like a whole eight hour class on SEO, which I am 100% grateful for. And what I've learned is having a clear blog content strategy and understanding keywords, taking the time to create smart URL slugs. And if you're on wordpress.org and you have Yoast, you can do this Mm -hmm. and actually taking the time to write SEO rich meta descriptions will help you increase your blog traffic. Again, there's whole courses, whole certificate programs. to And then the standing SEO. And I'm just sharing like a little bit of- Yeah, that's okay. like a quick
1: <laughs> little glimpse.
0: <laughs> and then the last skill we wanted to share, um, which is skill number 12 is financial management. So as a content creator, tracking my expenses and income is essential to my business. My business expenses include hiring, b- hiring and paying for photography, self-hosting my WordPress.org, paying for my don- domain name, Canva Premium, The Adobe Suite. And then with that, also just tracking like when your income is supposed to come in. And so for the most part, like managing cash flow, like that's your business. Yeah managing cash
1: cash flow, that's your business. Well, especially like if this is an income that you're reliant on in some way, shape, or form, whether that be like because it's your side hustle that you use to help pay your bills or whether you're doing it nine to five, if you are reliant on any of this, that is why like it. It's all the more reason to pay super close attention to terms like net sixty, net ninety. I've had like net 180 campaigns. Yeah, like where they're literally not going to pay you for 180 days. And sometimes that is after the contract at sometimes that net like 180 starts after the invoice has been paid. Like or the uh the invoice has been sent. Sorry. Like it literally, like it's true.
0: That's like I would say pretty
1: common. Yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, th- being able to track when things are going to come in. So you like know if you can pay your bills for that month, like even, even on the other side, like making sure for me that I'm not spending like more than I'm making. Cause I could easily spend however much on props. <laughs> like, and I, cause I love that. Right. It's so cool to be able to bring a photo to life. So I do spend a good amount of money on my props. So you should see my prop closet. She's my baby, but like, it's just you have
0: to be able to like manage your finances right Mm -hmm. and I think like a big one if this is something I can dive into more like as a creator right my holiday season was crazy it was the busiest, craziest month season I've ever had as a creator and but I did that because I Typically, I always thought like one key would be a little bit slower. Yeah. So when I'm recognizing stuff net 30, net 16, net 45, I'm recognizing it in January, February, March. I know I have cash coming in. Mm -hmm. It's like you have to build a backlog. Not everyone's like that. I know like a lot of people don't work in that way, but like coming from the aerospace industry, I know a healthy backlog means healthy cash flow. Mm -hmm. So sorry that like got very corporate. It's important though. You want to talk about, because people are like, what do you mean? Like you're securing these. I'm like, yeah, I'm securing campaigns ahead of time. Yeah. So I'm recognizing
1: like, yeah, I can be so that you can pay your bills in three months from now when you actually get paid. Like (laughs) it's very important. You need to know when you can pay your, and if not, if you know that next month, you're only going to be realizing a thousand dollars worth of like when your rent is, 1500 a month you need to know that you need an extra $500 to cover the rest of your expenses like you need to understand what that cash flow looks like
0: yeah. yeah and so just wanted to boil it down to that financial management right that is a big part of being you know a solopreneur an entrepreneur a business owner like businesses startup companies midsize companies everybody Has to have some level. No, not some level. Has to have financial. Yeah, (laughs) that's
1: it. So before we wrap up today's podcast episode, we want to leave you guys with one bonus tip, which is don't let other opinions don't dictate like dictate what you do. Like other people's opinions should not be deciding how you are, like what you are pursuing if you're pursuing your goals we outlined here why content creation is a real job and why like people shouldn't question that. But I mean, people still will. Like no even if they, you know, like people will always question you no matter where you come from, like no matter what you're doing, you will always get questioned in pursuing your goals. Even if you're doing something like a nine to five, there are so many people out there that'll be like, oh, you're doing a boring desk job. Like no matter what you do, people will for sure question you. Just don't let other people's opinions dictate what you do. I just, I think the the goal of this episode, right. Is to empower you is to make you feel, because I remember I felt so awkward when people would like ask me those questions or give me those like backhanded comment, like compliments when I first started. And we just hope that this episode empowers you to know what you are doing is literally a full-time job. We also hope that this encourages you to charge more. Yes absolutely charge more you are these are only like these are 12 full-time jobs that you are doing as a content creator and we didn't even get into everything i know i
0: was like we just have to i like purposely was like okay we have to keep it short mm-hmm. um and then just another thing as we wrap up i had one person comment because it started with just one instagram post that became this whole podcast episode and one person was like i should put being a content creator on my resume yeah
1: and i'm like yes you should put
0: it on your resume like what are you talking about it is literally
1: more than a full-time job like (laughs) that you wear so many hats like you gain so many skills you like it's a fantastic job and it is such a great resume builder because you are literally doing so much so
0: no matter where you're at right if you're applying for a project management role a marketing job if you're trying to pivot pivot and like move into you know creative direction like If you're doing
1: that on the side, you need to display that on your resume. Yeah. So. And remember, guys, if creating content, working with brands and working on a more freelance type of schedule works for you, it works for you. If you're making money and paying your bills, do not let people discourage you from continuing to live your life. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's podcast episode. If we haven't connected yet on Instagram or Clubhouse. Find us at Mad Cray, at Emma's Edition, and at Content Creatives Podcast. We hope to see you guys next time. Bye.